Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hello. Hey, Catherine. Hey. Hey. I decided I should speak in a lower voice. Why is that? Uh, you know, it's what the professionals do. Is it because Maeve said you talk like a baby? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I'm not actually trying to change my voice. I just felt like I sounded different today. I haven't spoken aloud all morning, you know? (laughs) You open your mouth for the first time and it's like, what? Yeah. Okay, well, Jim, I'm going to quote you. Quote me. Yes, this is a favorite Jim Hamblin quote. Uh-oh. First debuted on Twitter. This is uh, March 24th, 2020. Quote, no, comma, things are not bad enough to reach out to your ex. End quote. So where is that coming from? Um, I guess I had picked up from however people pick things up these days that this was a thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that sentiment of reaching out to uh, exes during this time? My feeling is that bridges should be burned. Okay. <laughs> Just romantically or all of Just them? like once you, once you cross a bridge, make sure it's burned behind you. Oh, my God. You don't want anybody sneaking up behind you, you know, surprising you. Commit to your path. I find that very weird because you spend a lot of time getting to know someone and then just abandon it entirely instead of being Mm -hmm. like, well, we could still be, you know, there are still things that are good about you (laughs) that we can keep up at least for a little while. You seem to like to remain sort of ambiguously entangled with things from the past. (laughs) That's one way to see it. But aren't you saying not to do that? I, we've we've advocated like a lot of reaching out during this show. You know, just make sure people around you are okay. If you're if you're on good terms with someone, and especially if you have reason to think that they might not have anyone to look out for them and might not be doing well, I think that should supersede anything. Any like I don't know. Time to put past like grievances aside. I'd say, Jim, you presented a very strong take in this tweet, and now you're undermining it. We need somebody to help us sort this out, obviously. So we're going to talk to Ashley Fetters, who has done some actual investigation of this. Yeah, we need to talk. She's much more up on the cultural norms than we are. Great. Let's see if she can hit us with some science. Can you do the Radiolab music here? Hello? Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, We're good. How are you? You know, hanging in there. So, Ashley, we've been, we need your counsel. Okay. Jim and I have a bit of a disagreement. Mm, okay. Uh, which begins with the fact that Jim has sent out a misleading tweet. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. He said, he said repeatedly on Twitter during the pandemic, no, things are not bad enough to reach out to your ex, mm. which I agree with. But then I've been talking to him. And he actually seems to prefer to remain entangled. <laughs> you keep Ooh. using so, that word entangled. I don't know what yeah, you mean by that. Yeah, entangled is very juicy. I'm not. I don't. I. I would not use that word. <laughs> so I think our question for you today is: on a micro level, 
should you text your ex right now? And on a macro level, what is happening to feelings and relationships in this strange time? Ashley, what is happening to feelings? (laughs) I mean, I'm glad you asked because right now that seems like my entire beat. So um, yeah, let's tackle that first one first, right? Like, is it okay to text your ex right now? I do think the reason why you text your ex is going to be a big factor here. Like why people are texting their exes right now is often out of boredom. It's out of loneliness. It's out of just kind of like (laughs) trying to entertain yourself you know, or trying to satisfy some sort of lingering romantic or sexual desire when, you know, you don't really have access to new people. Because this is happening right now, right? It's not just me. I didn't make this up. I was picking up that this is a trend that people are doing. This is happening right now. Yes. (laughs) This is definitely happening. I I first heard about it from people who were receiving these texts saying like, is anyone else's ex, like anyone else's exes, plural, coming out of the woodwork? right now, which kind of gave me the tip that like, oh, maybe this is something to look into, right? So of course, I like looked into it. And what I found was that like, yes, some people felt that their exes were texting them getting back in touch after like, weeks, months, years of radio silence, just because they were lonely and bored and, you know, maybe horny. (laughs) So um, I think, you know, there, there is that I think also the other reason people are texting their exes is to catch things up or to clear the air or apologize. Like one of the things that came up um, that I thought was one of the more compelling things I heard in my reporting on this was um, it's really just something called terror management theory. And terror management theory is this idea that when Whoa. people are, yeah, terror I know management it, it theory? really, it really feels like it escalates quickly. Right. But, um, yes. <laughs> but it's this idea that like when people are confronted with their own mortality, um, like the fact that they will, <laughs> will die sooner or later, they start to seek meaning. They start to think about religion more and also things like their personal relationships and their family relationships, Um, which I, yes, we are getting a little bit morbid (laughs) for this conversation. That's like a light, fun conversation about exes. But I think a lot of people right now are like confronting some of them for the first time, this idea that death is very possible and very close and are kind of feeling this impulse to, you know, say, I should apologize to this person, or maybe I should clear the air and get back on good terms with this person Uh or, you know, resolve this conflict that I, you know, let linger. So it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's about the reacher outer. As always, yes. Yeah. <laughs> As always, yes. A lot of these people are confronting this idea of like, I could die. Yeah. Um, I like that your two alternatives are either that you are, people are experiencing <laughs> either tremendous existential grief and trying to put things in order so that their soul can be at peace forever, mm-hmm. or they're horny. Yeah, horny or confronting mortality. Um, really, the two the two lanes of <laughs> it's hard to know where we go with this. How, yeah. so, how would one go about distinguishing if they were to read a text message what the motive <laughs> on the other end might be? Um, I think one one tack to take here is just to be really polite if you if you receive one of these text messages or if you're sending them. If you are texting someone and saying sending a you up text, like there's a an impulsivity there that's that's palpable, right? Um, yeah. So I think it's best to avoid that tone if you're if the next thing you're going to say is like, "Hey, I've been really thinking about how I wronged you." <laughs> you don't want to start with you up, right? If if you were to compose such a text that was not meant to you up anyone, mm-hmm. but was meant to simply say. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about you, mm-hmm. and I appreciate you, and I worry that I didn't make that clear because I was so horrible to you for all those years when we were living in 
Phoenix. <laughs> and I am sorry about what happened on the boat. <laughs> Is what you're asking, like, how would I compose that text message? Um, yeah. I think that's a really good first draft. Oh, okay. I think that's a really good final draft, even. Um, P.S. You know, I'm not trying to make out. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard and in some places illegal to make out right now to leave your house. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like that part kind of goes without saying. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but I think what your what your draft of that says is like, you know, it, it hits all the right points of like, I've been thinking about this. I feel bad about it. I am sorry for this specific thing. I think there's a lot of really good uh, ingredients you've got there <laughs> already. So I wouldn't stray too far from what you just said. Yeah. Do you have a sense of how many of these reach outs are genuinely motivated by concern for the other person? Do you think that's happening a lot or is it is it like just weird? stuff about mortality and uh, sex. <laughs> when I started reporting the story, I really thought it was going to be a lot more um, shady late night drunk texting going on. Um, and what I found was that it was a lot of people being like, no, I just really wanted to make sure that my ex-boyfriend's grandma who is, you know, immunocompromised is okay. Or, you know, I just thought this would be a good time to sort of check in. It gave us something to be kind to each other about and kind of, you know, get get back on a good note together. Um, yeah. And I think that has given a lot of people cover to reach out to their exes that they like maybe wouldn't have known how to reach out to before. Yeah. Okay. Let's go someplace a little less loaded and more fun what about crushes people who have not already emotionally ruined each other and seem potentially excited about this and yet have felt reluctant because say they see each other all the time and it would be awkward to admit the crush but now they don't have to face seeing that person if they say no so they're reaching out right Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of the same stuff applies here. Um, the same the same reasons you would reach out to an ex are sometimes the same reasons you would reach out to a crush to reveal your feelings to them. And like, you know, one of the obvious things is that like, everyone's bored, lonely, spending a lot more time with their own thoughts. And if you had some crush that you were spending a lot of time thinking about in the before times, you're thinking about them a lot more now that you have fewer distractions. Um, and I, I guess something too that plays directly into this is social media, like Facebook, which, you know, crucial fact here owns Instagram as well as WhatsApp. Like they wrote in a blog post um, late last month that they had seen a spike in user engagement over all their platforms and a 50% increase in DMs between <laughs> between people. So what are people doing? Asking to go for walks? You can't like <laughs> go to a show or a restaurant or a bar and you're not. Yeah. Well, we could go for a distanced walk like where we're pretty far apart, but we're walking together. Anecdotally, I've ha I have heard of people doing that. Like if, like especially if they live in the same neighborhood or neighborhoods that are like reasonably distanced apart, they like walk, meet at the same street corner, and then take a <laughs> take a walk to a less crowded street and like keep six six feet of distance between them. And you know, oh man, I can't imagine a more awkward thing. <laughs> I know it sounds really awkward to me too, but you know, I, I I'm sure it you know beats being. Alone in your apartment. <laughs> people are getting desperate. I, I, <laughs> there's always Zoom, though, right? Or pe people don't want to conduct their business and their um, dating life in the same place. Yeah, I think that's a piece of it. And I don't know. I mean, I guess when I picture like doing a date via Zoom, I just there's so much I don't know about 
you know, how tall is this person? What are, how do they walk? Like, <laughs> what is it like to, to be near them? How do they make you feel? Um, I just feel like there's so much that you wouldn't know if you just were like, hey, let's do a FaceTime or do a Zoom. Huh. It would be weird if you did a Zoom and then the person was like, yeah, no, I'm busy. It's like hard <laughs> to get out of things after that. Um, it's so much yeah. easier in real life where you might actually have a thing to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, zoom yeah. excuses are something that have been really interesting to me oh what's a zoom excuse um my favorite has been like i have to i have to cook dinner or like i have to cook whatever meal is next um that usually has gotten me out of out of things i don't want to <laughs> i have to go <laughs> wash my hair <laughs> what about you wrote about something that i thought uh, in addition to terror management theory you also wrote about the misattribution of arousal Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, the misattribution of arousal. um, There's a very famous study on this uh, from, you know, I think the the late 70s, where what they did is they had people either cross a really rickety, old, scary bridge (laughs) and then uh, do a survey with a a researcher. Um, And then they had some people like cross a really stable bridge. And what they found was that like when this researcher said it was a attractive, like female researcher talking to men who crossed this bridge. And when, um, well, she said to all of them, like, here's a, you know, quick survey. Can you like tell me what's on your mind right now? And then, you know, you can call me next week if you want to know more about my study. And then what they found was that like there was much more like sexual content in the recollections of the men who had crossed the scary bridge. Um, and then they were also more likely to call her later and kind of be flirtatious with her. Um, Can we just, just like, pause for a moment yeah, and, yeah. and pay respect to research study designers who come <laughs> up with the most I know, ridiculous scenarios? Okay, one. so they're going to cross a bridge, but some mm-hmm. of them, the bridge is going to be really rickety. Yeah. <laughs> and it might make them think they're horny. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one, you know, one thing that uh, a researcher said to me when I was reporting this story on like why people are confessing their crushes right now is she kind of hypothesized that maybe people are mistaking the terror of the world outside right now is in chaos and, and danger. People are, are attributing that to like, oh, maybe I just have really intense feelings for this person I like. Did you hear any stories of people who were like, mm, I'm not going to, like, I'm having these feelings, but I'm not going to share them? Yes, I heard a really uh, <laughs> fascinating story. Um, I talked to someone who had kind of for a while had feelings for his roommate. It's um, two two guys who live together, um, and it's just the two of them in their apartment. Um, and I think... You know, he had started to have some feelings before everything got shut down. And then, of course, now that they, you know, are both working from home, he, you know, is literally trapped inside with all of his feelings. And he and his roommate had found that they, you know, just fell into a routine of like, you know, they would work side by side all day and then they would, you know, eat lunch together and take walks together. And um, just kind of it started to feel like to this, you know, guy I talked to who had these feelings for his roommate that it kind of started to feel like they were in a relationship. So, of course, you know, this, this story really stuck with me. And at the time I talked to him for the story, he was kind of making the decision of like, do I tell him or do I not? Because obviously the, the stakes there are very high. Um, if it's someone that you live with and it's just two of you, like it could go one really positive way or one really negative way. So when I checked in with him um, last, he gave me the update that he was kind of leaning against his roommate um, or making any sort of big declaration. I think he... He's sort of making peace with the idea that his relationship with his roommate is just more of a really strong friendship and he should probably move out when it becomes possible to do so. Well, mm-hmm. 
Can you go back and say that they got married? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> so, I mean, all of this, Ashley, is taking place in the context of a strange moment for sort of relationships and dating in general, right? I mean, people who are together are really together now, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, people who are not with people are very not with people. So Mm -hmm. can you put this into context of just like the weirdness of all relationships now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is an unprecedented curveball for every romantic relationship. And one thing I do kind of see coming out of this is I think a lot of relationships, especially like new ones or ones that were like kind of on the wane will be broken by it. Um, and I think some will be very quickly accelerated by it. I kind of anticipate that we'll see a, a wave of coronavirus engagements from people who like maybe weren't so, or co- maybe even like coronavirus cohabitations, right? But where it's like people were hesitant to move in together, hesitant to make that kind of commitment. And then like they'll see during this time that like actually they like it. Or I mean, you could also very easily discover the opposite that, <laughs> you know, you de facto move in with someone and you hate it. So you don't continue. But I think, I think this will like, clarify and catalyze a lot of decisions for a lot of a lot of couples right right i guess one way to think about this is just uh people are kind of being more open and honest than in pre-pandemic times it's uh it's harder to maintain bs right now um i'm curious did anyone give you guidance on how to think about like why moments like these sort of expose all of our nerve endings Hmm. i mean i think that sort of plays into the the terror management theory thing right like now is the time to sort of you know seek meaning and sort of interrogate how do you really feel about things how do you really feel about the life that you've lived so i think that's you know that that's part of what gets us there to this place of unprecedented honesty with each other you know Mm -hmm. listen uh i gotta go uh wash my hair (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got to go make lunch. <laughs> I got to go Google terror management theory for the next like hour. Enjoy that all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> terror management theory. Thank, Thank you, you so much for, for talking to us. Thanks, you guys. This was fun. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, you guys. Later. Bye. Wait, terror management theory seems so interesting. Can I just read you what just what I'm finding right now? <laughs> terror management theory. TMT is both a, this is Wikipedia, obviously, is both a social and evolutionary psychology theory originally proposed by some people and codified in their book called The Worm at the Core on the Role of Death in Life. <clears throat> Just one more note while, while you're paused. Uh, Wikipedia says that people with low self-esteem have more negative emotions when reminded of death. Huh. Just a little food for thought. I think you need to stop reading Wikipedia. I think, you know, some of that stuff I've heard is not true. Okay. Time for credits. All right. This show was produced today by Alvin Melth with help from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. Please write us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com or call us at 202-642-6487. If you like our show, please tell your friends virtually and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people find the show. Beautiful. I'm glad we changed your mind today, Catherine. This has really been... (laughs) 
a full journey for me. Uh, and I feel Great. good, you know? I'm happy to give that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you Monday. Okay. Later. Okay. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.